Welcome to the Staggering Stories podcast. There's no fake Keith or Aston Man, and I'm Crumbly, and I'm... <coughs> oh, Adam! <coughs> oh, God. Okay. <coughs> I'd like to welcome you to... <coughs> Staggering Stories... <coughs> Number one, man! <coughs> oh. <coughs> Welcome, welcome, dear listeners, to this a rather depleted Staggering yep. Stories yep. podcast. Yeah. Depleted, eh? Yes. <laughs> I'm Crumbly. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. And I'm just Keith. Just Keith. Right. <laughs> not coloured, not perfumed, just no. kind. Not ill. Mm, not, not ill. ill. That's, no. that's the important yes. one. Yes. As you yes. may have gathered, two of our colleagues are feeling a bit lurgified. Yes. We, we have no, well, no Aston Man and no fake Keith tonight. No. Yes. No. Odd look, he's coming from their bottoms, apparently. <laughs> Not sure as usual or not, Bezzy. <laughs> hopefully, this will be a, a succinct, to the point, and sharp podcast. Sharp, sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll turn something in my phone there. <laughs> I'm sharp. Sharp by name, sharp by nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, without further ado, looking at this rather empty space on the sofa next to me, it's the news with El Presidente. So who? Guests for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Already back hard at work after their little world tour, the Doctor Who team have welcomed a new group of guests on set for the 2014 Christmas special. Mm. A BBC behind-the-scenes publicity shot showed us three chairs, each with a name on. These were Nathan McCullen, Nick Frost... And Michael Troughton. Of course, it could just be that the chairs happen to share names with well-known <laughs> actors. <laughs> you, never know. yeah, you never know. The actor McCallum is best known as Finn from E4's Misfits, and actor Frost is best known for his work on Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Yay. Spider-Man, etc. Spider-Plant-Man. 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 I do apologise. Spider-Plant-Man. And actor Michael Troughton is a son of a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) He's the son of a preacher, man. man. (laughs) Chairs themselves have no notable history. Yeah, that we're aware of. Given all three performers have backgrounds in comedy acting, perhaps we can expect a jolly Christmas special. A jolly Christmas special, is it? Well, it's like EastEnders when they say it's going to be the best Christmas ever. <laughs> don't say that, please. Just don't. <laughs> Matt Smith. Zombie? Oh. Uh. Given this before that... the last we started acting in Doctor <laughs> Given that Matt Smith is now dead to us, but yet still moving, <laughs> perhaps he's perfectly cast for his new role in the film adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice. And zombies. <laughs> With filming on his first three Terminator films finished... First of his three. First of his three Terminator films finished, right? Smith now is now shuffling into the role of Mr. Collins in the new Zom-Rom-Com. 
The long-delayed film has now started shooting, though has yet to receive its official release date. Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling. I, d- I don't know, but with the yes, title of that, feeling, this, yes. this may be a straight-to-DVD <laughs> one. This, this one has there been rumbling on for I mean, a few, what, few years. I mean, I beg to differ. I mean, those cowboys versus aliens. That's mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 But I, I know sort of, uh, what is it, five years ago, we had a whole slate of classical books rewritten with zombies. Mm. Yeah. yeah. This is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but there we go. I mean, I just wonder what Jane Austen would think. I mean, as I say, sort of first... Ask her, she's a zombie yeah, too now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, see, I mean, because Pride and Prejudice, I mean, sort of they're, they're talking about a sexed-up version of the novel. Yeah. <laughs> well, so if you ask her, it's probably going to be something like... Blinds! <laughs> Blinds! Mm, and now they're sort of doing zombies. You know, yep, well, yeah. Roughly from... Yeah. <laughs> That's enough of that. Moving rapidly If you want a combination of such things. Right. <laughs> Danger Mouse. Yay! Voice change scandal. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. He's the greatest. He's fantastic. And he's changing his voice. Yep. Back in July, we had news that the amazing 1980s British kids cartoon series Danger Mouse is being brought back for 52 magnificent new 11-minute episodes on CBBC. Mm. We doubted the original voice of Penfold, Terry Scott, would be involved. Well, he's, uh, if we go back to, you know, the zombie thing through yeah, this article. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's ever, ever so slightly dead. Yeah. Mainly because he kicked the bucket 20 years ago. Sure enough, the more lively Kevin Eldon is taking on the cowardly hamster's voice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good Kevin choice, Eldon. Yeah. Kevin Eldon, what's he been in? Um, hyperspace, Hyper- he was the security officer. Yeah. A lot of comedy stuff. And um, um, I, what was it? Big Train with Simon Pegg? Yeah, he's done all that sort of yeah. thing. So uh, if you see the face, you will recognise the oh, face. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does Elven Quest on Radio 4. Yeah. Ah. A lot of stuff. A lot more yeah. than you might realise. Mm-hmm. The real shocker is that Danger Mouse him, himself is getting a new voice. Mm-hmm. Despite the original David Jason still being alive, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Danger Mouse will now sound like TV's Alexander Armstrong. Yeah, no, I can agree he can with that. Do yeah. Stiff upper lip. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a similar quality to his voice, I think. Yeah, it yeah. could yeah. work. Yeah. yeah, I can see it or hear it. Yeah. Armstrong said of this: "As a lifelong fan of Danger Mouse, I was ecstatic just to know that the show was coming back. To be actually involved with the reboot and be taking Danger Mouse out to a whole new generation is just about as close to a dream job as you could wish for." Mm. Mm. We shall see. Yes, yes. odd choice though mm. to recast. Clearly, yeah. David Jason is still around. Mm. Well, maybe he sounds too different. I don't yeah, know. That's, that's his, has his voice significantly mm. changed? Sure well, that's has, a, really. Um, I wouldn't have thought so. Say he's, he's how much of an actor is he now? Because he hasn't been in a lot of things. Is, is he semi-retired? Yeah. This oh, he, thing, he's, he's middle of filming the mm. new uh, Open All Hours. Right? Yeah, there right, are, yeah, There's the other thing, other prior commitments. Mm, commitments, True, yeah. Mm. true. Yeah, but Alexander Armstrong, I mean, I think he would be a worthy successor anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Dead <coughs> in the jaws of a megabyte modem. <laughs> Another podcast can only mean multiple deadens to report. <laughs> Jane Baker. Dead. dead. Jane is best known for a writing partnership with her brother Pip. They gave us such classic Doctor Who as Time the Rani, The Mark of the Rani, Terror of the Vervoids, and the conclusion of The Trial of a Time Lord. Oh. Mm. Classics? Indeed, <laughs> well, yeah. There was a notable question mark after that. <laughs> yeah. She was survived if, by her brother. Yes, if, if, ever, if ever a statement was a question. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not such classics as a Meg Might Modem and uh, <laughs> Spurious Catharsis and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move on, stuff. move on. Angus Lenny. Dead. Best known to Who fans as Scavenger Store in the Patrick Troughton story, Ice Warriors, and as Angus, keeper of the Fox Inn in the Tom Baker story, Terror Zygons. Ooh. And I also believe he was the co- a large amount of the cook from Crossroads in the 70s. Oh, could be. <laughs> a yeah. large amount of the cook. A large amount of the cook. Not what? all of it, his little fingers, perhaps something else. All right. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Richard Keel. Dead. 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 Best known for playing Jaws in two James Bond films. He probably didn't die biting something he shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Oh, they're dropping like flies, they really are. Oh. There's been a few podcasts that she's had any, any, yeah, any, any dead. Yeah. They're like buses. They all come along at well, once. three of them now, yeah. 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 Coming through. Just like buses. Or in this case, hearses. Yes. Addendums. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, addendums. Okay, then. Right. We have a couple of Shatner. Oh, related. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Right, a small snippet from the... Says here, Star Trek's veteran Captain Kirk, actor William Shatner, 83, (laughs) laments in an interview, As I see the end of my life approaching, I am in despair and anxiety and bewilderment. Just like the rest of us. (laughs) And fear and anger that it's over so quickly. I've done some things that are cool, but it could have been so much cooler. Swimming <laughs> pool, it could be quite cool, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Moving rapidly away from that. <laughs> no, we have another Shatner-related... Um, oh, crap. Yes. <laughs> who, who wants to... Um, oh, any other addendums? Well, I, I have an addendum. Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, Doctor Who role-playing game... Right. Mm-hmm. ...has, on PDF, electronic supplement, released the seventh Doctor source book. Oh, yeah. The way it's running out at the moment, they're sort of releasing them once every two months. Yeah, they're a bit further behind on the hardbacks. Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for the fifth Doctor, right? Yeah. Um, it's, again, it's a breakdown of each of his adventures, uh, information about key players on those adventures, mm-hmm. and uh, for each story, there's at least three possible sequel stories that you could play oh, okay because it's such a again we're getting to such a shortened version of them because there's only what's it three seasons with 13 episodes each four stories seasons or was it so, 12-ish like, something like that so they're, they're beginning to expand the possible the possible spin-offs for it they're supplying more spin-offs and more information on that that side mm, but right. still interesting and uh, a must if you're a fan Okay, in my, op- in my humble opinion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Next one would be the most interesting, I think. Mm. Yes. McGann, yeah. what are they going to do there? Well, that's it. McGann, I think they're not allowed to... They're allowed the, uh, the plot synopsis of the movie. Yeah. And then they're, they're not allowed the time war, so they're going to do their own campaign book, uh, I okay. believe. Mm. There you are. Yes, Gene, would you like to do the Thompson Holidays one? Yes. <laughs> no! <laughs> We we have a little more Shatner news. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a well-known holiday a company called Thompsons. Right. Who have done an advert in, involving a cute little teddy bear. One-eyed, a one-eyed, yeah, one-eyed, one-eyed, teddy, one-eyed bear. teddy bear. And his adventures, his, his sad life, before he goes on a holiday <laughs> and, and, and falls in love with a little unicorn. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All to the backdrop of Shatner. And I use the word singing very loosely. <laughs> Dramatic interpretation. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yes. dear. It's 
I don't know if it's bad or good. It's it's contravening the Geneva Convention. I don't expect to be sitting down in front of my telly, having a nice cup of coffee and have shat blaring out. I almost threw it at the telly. It is amusing, if nothing else. Don't watch commercial TV. I'm beginning not to watch commercial TV anymore. That's the whole horrifying thing about it. I mean, horrifying being the operative word. I mean, I was cheerfully oblivious to this, and yet it's... Is my dear beloved wife, Fake Crumbly, who sort of texted me, sort of telling me about this advert. <laughs> and so I looked it up on YouTube, and there it was. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an abhorrence against nature. <laughs> Such things should not be allowed. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm too young for this. <laughs> Is it a new recording, or was it yes. off an existing album? Or? I, 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 I think yeah. it's off of um, Seeking Major Tom. Ah, OK. Yes, of which I still have a copy. Yes. <laughs> I will never be old enough to be subjected to such amount of <laughs> They should at least flash up a placard, you know, if you have sensitive ears or any form of sanity, well, stickers, please turn your telly off now. Stickers, you know, sort of, um, they have on the front of certain, sort of certain albums or warning explicit lyrics. <laughs> they should have one of a Shatner album sort of saying explicit singing. <laughs> explicit Shatner. Yeah. I, I think singing might actually well, be something yeah, they can't put under the actual... Hang on, hang on. Can we do him under the Trades Description Act? Mm. I'm sure if we band together... we sure he claimed he could sing. <laughs> Can we do them under this, all the, you know, as you say, it's all the Geneva Convention, Convention yeah. yes. Paragraph 3, <laughs> subsection That's 4. A, yeah. Yes. All right, um, yeah, so another slight addendum, one of sort of musical notes. All right, Gene, cast your mind back to um, the Crawleys. Uh, <coughs> Wibbly-wobbly, wibbly-wobbly. Um, Cider and Folk Festival. Yes. You were wandering around with a copy of Hawkwinds in the Hall of the Mountain Grill, tucked in under your arm yes, for most I of the was. day. More Hawkwind news... <laughs> Apparently, they have teamed up with none other, none other than Brian Blessed. <laughs> this does oh, not yes. surprise me. Right. For a 2014 version of their, uh, was it 1973 sort of song, Sonic so- Attack? Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's probably the best person for that song. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that. It, oh. Can't be any worse than Shatner. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, well, it's Brian Blessed, so I mean, sort of forewarned is forearmed. I mean, the video itself, I mean, I mean, it's completely over the top as well. I mean, I mean, it starts off one, like one of those um, tacky old 1970s public information films yeah, about what to do in the event of an impending mm. sonic attack. And then it just devolves into a computer video game of a space battle sort of with all these sort of fighters piloted by various members of Hawkwind and Brian Blessed. OK. <laughs> I have one more addendum. What's right. your last addendum? Lucy Miller. Yes. OK, Sheridan Smith. Nice. Right, yeah. He is almost halfway through the voicing of Penelope, Lady Penelope for Ooh. Thunderbirds. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, the new one. She's the voice of Lady Penelope. So she's staying yeah. in into fandom now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently it's going to be part animation and part puppetry. It is not CGI'd, apparently. Mm-hmm. What does animation mean if it's not CG? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Super Mario? Super Mario, Super Mario Nation. Nation. Mario Nation. Which, was, which was the puppets. Okay, mm. so... I think it's using that... Kind of, but apparently it's not... See, if, if it is going to have animation, it's not CGI animation type thing. It it's might be the old-fashioned model work. Okay. Puppetry and model work, mm, basically. Is this going to be a film or... Um, it's a TV t- series. TV, TV series, all right. She, mm. she's up, she was, I was listening to an interview and she's about up to episode 11 or something. Mm. Yeah. Did she yeah, do a voice in the interview? No, she didn't do oh, a voice in the interview. I can't quite... Yeah, she's got a posh voice. Mm. 
broad Lancastrian. Well, that's yeah. it, yeah. But interesting. Yeah, but there again, I mean, as long as it's, well, I mean, sort of, I'm just casting my mind back to the um, 1990s film yeah. version with uh, Bill Paxton, which was universally panned. I mean, sort of. <laughs> never seen that, actually. The, uh, mm. the uh, Frakes one, Jonathan Frakes one. That's right, yeah. yeah. If I remember yeah. when we saw a certain Mr. Jerry Anderson at he a was, convention, he, he also rather, universally planned that. I mean, yeah, he, he was rather derogatory about it. He, he died a year later. It doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah, that's how bad it was. <laughs> he died of shame. A year after we saw him, not a year after the film. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> any more addendums? Nope. I'm no. I'm addendum now. I'm addendum now, yes. I suppose we'd better move on yeah. then. And so endeth the news. Nothing really matters. Nothing really matters to me. Anyway, the wind blows. Anyway, the wind blows. And now, dear listeners, we bring to you what was it? That, that on screen? Oh, listen! Oh, him, that doctor. Right, so what are this episode four, is it? Three? Uh, no, right. it's four. 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 It's four, yeah, four. Yeah, definitely four. Rushing by now. Yeah, mm, yeah. Yes. What did everybody think? Um, <laughs> no, it's a bit contentious in some quarters around here. I, I mean, it's yeah. some, something of a bone of contention for various people here. Yeah, I mean. it, is, it is a Marmite episode. Mm. Most of the reviews that I've read online... The vast majority seem to really like it. Uh, I, again, am feeling that it's slightly Emperor's New Clothes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which one are you imagining naked? <laughs> <laughs> Fire away! Um, well... Basic outline is is Doctor uh, believes that there is a creature out there that cannot be that is hyper disguised. Yeah, <laughs> perfect at hiding. Perfect yeah. at hiding, which yeah. is, which, which is logical, and kind it uh, involves Clara from a what seems to be a universal dream everyone has of a hand mm. touching of you're getting out of bed and a hand grabs your foot. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure it is universal, but we get to that. No, okay. no, it's, that <laughs> Never had that dream. No, no. That's oh, apparently no, no. what you get. Mm. Anyway, and he goes tracking for it. Yep. Now, to me, there was no narrative flow to it. It seemed to be four individual stories that had no connection that were crammed together well, in the one time episode. zone, you mean? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, no... no Rough. There's no narrative flow to it. Least said about the end, the better. Okay. <laughs> it's I, again deconstructing the Doctor, which I don't think they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Let's forget about all the uh, who only has continuity when it's relevant to the plot. So we'll yeah. forget about the continuity of appearing on Gallifrey right at the end, and the fact that it's. Now Moffat has written in that the Doctor gets his philosophy from Clara, which, again, doesn't gel to my mind. So, you know, what was the point? He's certainly desperate to get Clara to be integral to the Doctor's history. At at the Mm. moment, the first time time he did it, I can work it out in my head. I can work with it. Hmm. This, I can't. 
That's okay. too much of an intrusion, too much of a stripping him, stripping the doctor down and... It's the doctor you were thinking it was naked. <laughs> <laughs> stripping the doctor down and writing himself deliberately into the mythology. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, again, I'm not, yeah, I'm not too sure about that bit myself, but on the whole, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, to say. Nah. I disagree about the narrative flow. I think it, it built up the idea that everywhere that they went, this yep. dream was reoccurring, yep. this whole idea mm. was recurring. So, to my mind, it did work from that point of view. Uh, also, the last point yeah. I have to make is it wasn't character-driven, it's plot-driven, which is another little bugbear of mine. I don't like the characters when who change their, their attitudes for the sake of the plot. Mm. Mm. I have to agree with you in the respect that means of um, Clara is... You know, she is becoming very influential on the Doctor. I mean, because you know, she went into the Doctor's own timeline on Trenzalore. Yeah. Yes. That and I can... As I said, that... I can work that out in my own head. Mm. I don't mind that so much. Yeah. But this is a blatant... Well, as I say, he's all whispering in his ear when he's lying yeah, in bed a, as a child. A, I mean. a blatant mm. action. To fake, basically says that his all his philosophy Clara gave to him. Mm. Uh, well, uh, yeah. did it come from her or did it come from the Doctor? Yeah, this is, the, the one thing with this story, I, I actually quite enjoyed it from the point of view of there being the something under the bed kind of style. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's a fairly universal, something under the bed. That's yeah. it. And it was a, it was a nice the hands psychological so horror. Mm. And I do think there was something in Danny, or his name wasn't Danny at that point, but Danny Pink's bed, because when the, the blanket came off of him, that wasn't a kid standing behind him. However, He only caught a blurred reflection yeah, or whatever it was. I do... The one thing with this, and running through the series, there were two points in this where it's interference in the characterisation. Now, we know that that boy becomes Danny Pink. Yeah. Yep. Clara gives him the soldier, soldier which yep. he calls Danny, and the da- doctor puts Dan. him to sleep. Yeah. Giving him a dream. Yeah. About Dan the soldier. About man. being Dan the soldier. Yeah. Yeah. So, effectively, the doctor's created the person he has become. Yeah. Probably more than that, I reckon. I, I, I do wonder if Danny's parents' disappearance or whatever happened to him somehow yeah. doctors mm. involved. Possibly. But mm. then when you've got the whole bit at the end, which, yeah, it jarred with me slightly. It didn't jar with me so much in the fact that it happened, but it jarred with me in, in it being another bit of them yeah. trying to build him in. The, if, if Clara had just said back the words that the Doctor had said to her, yeah, maybe it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy thing. Which is... But, which I, I can't, I'm getting fed up with the timey-wimey stuff that <laughs> he's doing. Yeah. But... It was building upon that. It was becoming a bit more. And it's almost like she's made the Doctor. Yeah, that... Not the Doctor's made the Doctor. Yeah, it's the deconstruction of the character of the Doctor. Going back to what El, President, El Presidente was saying about um, about Rupert. Yeah, sort of... That's it, Rupert. Mm, yeah. Rupert, yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's very much sort of shades of um, the young Amy Pond in that, sort of mm. where you say... Because yeah. in eleventh hour, sort of, Amy is in a house all on, all on her own, and yet she can give no ready explanation of why she's there. Yep. I mean, obviously it's down to her crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as you say, I mean, that, I mean, the doctor was instrumental in that. And as you say, sort of, you know, with her Rupert, the reason behind his parents' disappearance, you know, as to why he's in his parents' yeah, as he, orphanage. Uh, yeah, why well, he's in this orphanage. I mean, the doctor could very well be instrumental in that. Could be. We don't know anything mm. about his history yeah. beyond the fact he was there mm. on his own well, yeah. without the kids. But even if he wasn't, the Doctor's been instrumental in developing the person mm. oh, that yes. we then see at Coalhill School X amount of years later. Mm. Yes, yeah. And presumably it's going to come round 
where clearly got more daddy stuff coming up. Yeah. But I do wonder about Orson. <laughs> that's a good, interesting question. Is he really somebody different? Mm. We had young Danny Rupert. Yeah. We had Clara era Danny. Is this a future is that, that, Danny? When, when, when I saw mm. the um, publicity stills for it, yeah. released, I don't know, about uh, a day beforehand, mm-hmm. I thought it was old Danny, uh, young Danny, could, old Danny, and... Yeah, um, he could go either way, because he made a reference actors. to his, yeah. his grandfather. Say, no, yeah. he did make a reference he to his grand- grandparents. Yeah, he, gra- he did make a reference. He did, yeah. but if he'd been primed to pretend to be the yeah. great-grandson. Mm. Yeah, but there again, I mean, um, yeah, towards the end of that episode, we did see... Uh, yeah, sort of Danny and uh, Clara start to get it on. So yeah, I mean this this is another problem I have with Who and its arc stories. It doesn't do decent arc stories. It just it just needs to be seen. I say in this case. No, if I, if I may, mm-hmm. um, if you want decent arc stories, mm-hmm. look at Babylon Five. Look at look at Buffy. Mm-hmm. You had an A and a B story. A story is oh I love the fact that the um, uh, all that adventure on uh, Babylon 4 and Zathras wasn't he was a great character but what's this about uh, you are all the one and did you see um, Sinclair at the end look really old what's hmm. that about that's hmm. a, you have a proper well, I'd say it's story. exactly the same here you, well, the no, A story no, is no, the listening no, preacher no, the no. B story is what's we happening only, with the we, we only had if this is if this is an arc story, mm-hmm. which I don't think it is, it's fully Moffat. This one, so it's, it's, fully, it's fully Moffat. It could possibly be an arc story, but we're examining this episode of the, and there is just the A plot, i.e. the overall arc. There is nothing that is resolved in this story. There's nothing that we can withdraw from this episode to enjoy, just as this episode. Listen, creature, the, or the lack of. Yeah. Well, that's it. I know less mm. is more, but there was absolutely nothing there. Um, well, maybe that's you know, sorry, sorry to butt in, but I mean, that I mean, was the point. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, was there a creature at all? I mean, because well, this. I mean, as as we all know, I mean, sort of the most fearful creatures are the ones we, you know, that populate our imagination. Yes, this this is the point. You've either got there was a creature there, or the flip side is mm. an old man obsessing about a dream that he had when he was a childhood going mm. slightly senile and i'm mm. afraid i don't want that for my hero the, the doctor this season the doctor is finding himself yes mm. yeah yes. and that's what this episode is all about the doctor trying to understand himself trying to get over his own fears trying to but you can't examine that without plugging it into the overall arc and that's my problem there is we're just examining this episode as it is, as it stands. There is nothing there to examine. There is no B story. There is nothing to entertain without the overall arc. It doesn't stand out on it itself. It doesn't stand mm-hmm. out. I think but a lot of if, people disagree if, with you. If I know Moffat, if I know yeah. Moffat, and if, if this is an arc story, mm-hmm. we're not going to find out what this is about until a year or two years' time. And by uh. that time, by that time... Yeah, in, in two years' time, where it will be rushed and he'll have a whole season's worth of episodes in one story, and I'll have forgotten all about this this particular episode, other than I detested it. Uh, no, I think this mm. whole thing with Danny and Clara will be resolved before the end of the season. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I have to say, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed I it. I kind yeah. of, like, squirmed a bit towards the end with the whole thing in the, the barn... Yeah, okay, it's a flashback, it's the same barn, I liked that bit, but mm-hmm. I, I, yes, I'm getting a bit 
fed up with the Steve Moffat created Doctor Who from the dawn of time kind of thing, even if I didn't, I'm going to do it retrospectively angle. Ignoring that, I did like the telepathic link with the, <laughs> with the TARDIS and the fact that <laughs> it actually affected we... the Doctor when he was unconscious. The fact mm. she plugged herself in and that. Yeah. I like that little tie-in. He's, he's still tied into the TARDIS of course, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff, the cloister bell. I do like the fact it's ambiguous. Yeah. Is it the Doctor's mm. writing? Isn't it? Because that's the thing with monsters under the bed. They're not there, are they? You know, <laughs> mm. it, it really is or that. Aren't they? What, what you can't see, just just because you can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. And I like that playing with, with that kind of idea. I think, you know, Danny has that idea of the stuff under the bed. In the Doctor's case, it's the someone grabbing the foot kind of thing but I think it was just playing on the monsters under the bed scenario his particular monster happened to grab him once I'm not saying Clara's a monster but she has hit him twice (laughs) (laughs) Um, so no I I actually quite enjoyed it when I saw this it was quite interesting when I actually saw this in black and white (laughs) yeah on the (laughs) oh no I actually found it quite a bit more spooky than the version with the sound effects and music. It actually worked better, quiet. It was a lot more... I mean, music and that wasn't over it, but yeah. there was something a little bit more spooky. It actually lifted up my feet while I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, mm. a, a touch of the, the grab the cushions. And that's part of the point of Doctor Who. I bet a lot of children had nightmares that night. Yeah. Oh, good grief, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the Facebook pages I put, I, said, I, put, uh, I really enjoyed this story... Good night, all. Remember, mm. there's nothing under the bed. Mm, and I just got dreams, a lot of yeah. people calling me rude words for the next five minutes. Mm. Yeah, but harking back to what I was saying previously, I mean, sort of, I mean, obviously, as the saying goes, less is more. I mean, and that was it. I mean, sort of, was there something on the TARDIS or was it the Doctor's imagination? Because he was all alone during that question and answer session he was having maybe with himself mm. i mean that's the theme sort of especially if you're in a darkened room or a quiet room your other senses start overreacting mm. and so i mean that is that could be one of the premises behind sort of you know the monster on the bed your your imagination going into overdrive mm. i mean i suppose that was what the doctor wanted to ask you know, sort of um, ask himself was there something there a creature a creature capable of hiding itself perfectly or was it just his imagination running right well this mm. is the problem um was it his creature there was his imagination running right we're told that he has an insatiable curiosity so we have it something on the bed covered in a blanket it's there pull the blanket off find out what it is instead he turns the back and lets it go Yep. Mm. But that's yeah. more effective, though, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. None if of you them... take the thing off, it's well, not going to be scary. If you just, this, um, whatever it is, it won't be scary once you see this, it. No, I'm, I'm not denying that. Yeah, but but he, no... he shouldn't, the writer should not have put him in the position where he could have pulled the blanket off. This is what I mean by the plot driving the character. Mm. Mm. But everybody was looking mm. away at the time. Yeah, exactly. But the doctor you, you, didn't even try the, to The doctor didn't even him. try to find it. He spent this time trying to track it down. It is there in front of him, and he lets it go. 
spooked by it. Surely, mm. to, fi- surely <clears throat> to to uh, resolve your fear is to face it, mm. which was directly in front of you. To but find you out didn't what know was. what that creature might do. It might have just murdered them all on the spot. Yeah, mm. it might have done. It might have done. Therefore, you have a door there. You send Clara out. You send Rupert out. If anything goes wrong, Clara, the fast return switch, third panel on the console. Yeah, I was going to say, mm. I think the doctors face one or two things that could kill all of them. Yeah. And, and has actually stood there and told him it would kill yeah. them all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think in that respect, as you say, they were, being sort of, they were being deliberately ambiguous. Was it a child playing a prank on them all? Or was it sort of, you know, sort of something under the bed? But, but there again, it goes back to the original question. If it was so well hidden, why was it looking like... Somebody yeah. playing tents in exactly. bed. I mean. Exactly. I also note uh, this has happened a few times, and this story was quite heavy with them. And I think, in, in terms of the bit of speech that Clara made, etc., it was deliberate in that some of the lines she said are the first lines that William Hartnell's doctor says, so tiny in this whole influence bit. But there was a few times that up till now, and including this story, where they've actually been given dialogue yeah. that isn't their own. Mm. Yeah. Very, in, in the Doctor's case, he's repeating words that he has said in previous incarnations, almost mm-hmm. verbatim. Yeah. And yeah. Clara's having dialogue that's been delivered before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's kind of almost noticeable. It, and I'm wondering if there is a reason, this, this is part of what's the whole thing going on. I, I have a feeling that time and the, the, the use, abuse of time is going to form part of the art because... Three, three of the four stories we've had so far, or four of the five stories we've had so far, all involve time. Not time as in, I've time travelled to this place, end of. Time has been actually an integral part of the story. Really? The first robots one, lost the robots time. were mm. lost in yeah, time. Yeah, okay, the first, yeah, so, Robin is sure. The, the, the yeah. Dalek one wasn't, the Sherwood no. wasn't. Listen, you've got themsel- the, 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 the Doctor's... Or his assistant going back in his own timeline yeah, can influence definitely. him. The time heist is definitely about okay, isn't it? Time. Yeah, yeah, and and the manipulation of and that kind of stuff. But then it's something the old who never did, and it didn't make it much sense. Did, it never did, but do this it. is doing it in a lot of the stories, one after another. Mm. Now, majority either, either it's lazy writing and they've run out of mm. ideas, and let's make everything timey wimey, timey wimey. Or it's something to do with what's going on. Maybe. Don't know. But I enjoyed listening. I, I, I totally understand I can, where you're coming mm, from. And I, and I get your points. Yeah. And I can see why that's... I, I, the, I, the problem is they want it. to do a spooky episode. And you can't have a spooky episode where you just pull off the... Uh, no, the, I, the I, cover I, and, oh, look, it's a child from the next yeah, I acknowledge that. <laughs> I acknowledge that. But there is the bug syndrome. Now, you show a claw, you show a foot, you define that it is definitely an alien, a definitely a creature, definitely there. Most Who shows have a creature and a monster, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes the monster is the creature, sometimes the monster's the human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the attitude. This didn't have anything. Maybe if they yeah. pulled the blanket off and there was nothing there. Mm, yeah. yeah. But that then would that be- wouldn't have made sense. Why not? Why not? It's, a, mm. it's yeah. the same shape. It's the same. It's an if invisible. If it's perfect it's, to camouflage, but if it can but move the point from the end of the episode is that they think there wasn't a, a creature there. That that was just a kid from the next room. So if there was nothing under there, then that answers your question immediately. Well, there is a creature. Well, the, that that's the whole point. Then, so what was the point of the sounds and vibrations at the end of the universe? 
you know. Just a ship calling, is that yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So we are left with what I said. A senile old man obsessing about a dream he had as a child. Mm. A half-remembered dream as a child. No, he's trying to be spooky, trying to... Kids in their room at night hearing the noises of the house, stuff like that. That's mm. what it's trying to get into. Mm. So You're too old. That's <laughs> <what I'm laughs> so, I, I acknowledge that. Mm. I could quite possibly be too old. In, in summing up. In summing up, I can only go from my thoughts as I've watched the episode and after it finished. Disappointing waste of 45 minutes. As Adam said for the on the commentaries commentaries for last week last month, it failed as a who. From my point of view, my, my sentiments are rather mixed about it. I mean, as I say, so in parts it was very disjointed, and uh, they could have left the whole uh, sort of barn section out of it, or sort of just dropped, you know, sort of dropped it in sort of in a much condensed form. I mean, but there again, on the pr- on the plus side, there were times during it when I you know, when I could feel the hackles on my neck rise. Mm. I mean, I'd say I'm mean, sort of very good but flawed. I I enjoyed it. Um, I I thought I have to admit I had to watch this from a kid's point of view, and it yeah, it would have scared the bejesus out mm. of me if I'd been mm. a kid, a which I think is what the aim of it was. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't entirely keen on how the Doctor was a secondary character in this, and I'm getting a bit fed up with the Doctor not being it, it not being Doctor anymore. It being but like the, back in Hartnell's day. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but, no, even then, Hartnell wasn't this backwards on it. It's almost turned into the assistant show. Um, <laughs> Arguably, but, it was in Equison Time yeah, too. But, but not as much as it is now. But anyway, as I say, I, 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 you know, the Doctor wasn't quite as much at the forefront. But I do like little bits like the the, the telepathic circuits or something. The barn scene at the end. I have mixed feelings about, mm. to be honest. And I don't know if those mixed feelings are just my dislike of Stephen Moffat's directing style and this feeling that he wants to write himself into everything. It could be, I'm not sure. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Um, some people say it's up there with uh, Blink. I don't no. I don't buy that. No. But uh, I thought really effective. I, I'm glad that they, they're trying to change up the genre again make a spooky one. They don't have many spooky Doctors, and when they do, they're generally quite mm. good. I like the fact there's so many unanswered questions. Is Orson really Danny? Why is he wearing a Sanctuary Base 6 spacesuit? Only the Doctor could have given him that. He's 100 years in the future. That's way, mm. way before Sanctuary Base, which implies, and we see in the flashback when he launches, he's wearing that same spacesuit. So he had it before he left. Could I be could, on that one? Could it be that the props department? I mean, that's, well, that's what I thought. And I really first. haven't noticed. But what does it take to take a patch off? Mm. It's very clear. Yeah. It's a sanctuary yeah. basin there. They yeah. could have covered that. Too, too, many, hung, too they, many similarities. They've hung a lantern on. They that have. That's, that's yeah. deliberate. That can only be deliberate. Yeah. So I'm I'm intrigued by where that's going. Mm. Personally, I suspect that that is actually Danny. But who knows? Maybe with an afro, with a big afro. He's <laughs> been on his own six months. He's got a beard, but he's been told not to recognise Clara or some such. And the first time travel, only 100 years in the future. Mm. Way before mm. we should have time travel. 51st century, I believe it is. Yeah. yeah. So that's alien tech, presumably. Something like that. They, clearly they can't control it. They don't try it again after it disappears. There's stuff there. There's definitely mm. stuff there, which mm. is interesting. Yeah. So I think the arc is definitely time on this one. In this case. So I take it you didn't like that one then, nope, Keith? <laughs> no, nope. that's all my thoughts about that. <laughs> Well, 
we're not going to be playing any games today because Aww. yeah, I know I'm I'm boring, but because we've, <laughs> we've lost our games players, yep. so uh, we're going to bore you listeners by just going straight into more who more Doctor Who more I tell you more time heist. Okay. So, right again, change up the genres. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Have we ever had a heist? I don't think we've ever had a heist. Have, no. old, who yeah, you who? yeah. Oceans 11, 12, and 13. Yeah, and uh, Hustle. <laughs> yes. For, for well, more like Doctor Who. Yeah. It was uh, one of the, I did like, one of the things I noticed, they had the slow motion walk into the bank. That pissed me off! <laughs> that <laughs> is <laughs> lifted directly <laughs> from Hustle Law. Why did that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the genre. <laughs> It's the, it's the genre. It was like, Alpha. <laughs> the director tried very hard. The uh, Douglas McKinnon tried very hard to emulate that sort of style. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah. did it Ocean's su- Eleven that Hustle yeah. had. Oh, it did it successfully. I thought but he this was isn't a- Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> this is Doctor Who. I think it's it four. <laughs> I think it's right that every episode should have a different feel to it. Yeah, mm. yeah. And uh, the fact they changed the way they shoot the style of music. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. Now this this worked for me. This did work. I, th- I think there's a slow mo at the beginning for me. It just um, really it, it it kind of like stilted the pace of it. I think more than anything else. If it had been once shorter, then yeah. But no, it actually went for quite a bit because <laughs> it wasn't just as they walked in. It then went on a bit after the thing melt with the guy's brains. Um, but it, it kind of like carried on for quite a long while and it just made it feel a bit... The, the, I loved this story, I really did. Mm. Even though it took about 30 seconds to work out who was behind it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah but the, the pace on it seemed a bit weird to me. I can't put my finger quite on what it was. Yeah, but th- this one... But the pacing on it was a bit disjointed. Not unpleasantly mm. so, but th- it that's was That's standard bit... fare, isn't it? You have the jump cuts, you have stuff yeah. like that. Path of the course for uh, this sort of heist... Mm, uh, I must program. confess, I mean, I felt a little bit short-changed by this episode. Really? Really? Mm. Okay. It As didn't a... have a great deal of plot. No. No. True. And the plot that was there, you could probably drive a, a fleet of TARDISes through, mm. I think. Yeah. Well, but yeah. Um, I thought the, the final sort of 20 minutes or so was rather disjointed. Really? Mm. And you enjoyed last week's. I find that very <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, as, as the saying goes, it takes all sorts to make licorice. Horses for horses. No, uh, I did enjoy various aspects of this. I loved the return of the memory worm. Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 See them back on each back. It's the fact that um, uh, Capaldi was holding his, like, the phone. Yes. When we got mm. the immediate yeah. cut for it, he's still yeah. holding the phone, but it's a memory work. I think one of the things I liked about this story, this was the first one of the stories so far that we've had where the Doctor is the lead character. Clara oh, yeah. is very much following on mm. behind him. She's been, yeah, they've both been put on a level playing field by the fact that neither no of them have got any memory. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And he is at the forefront. He is the doctor. She is following on behind. She's asking the questions and that kind of stuff. She's playing a bit more of the assistance yeah. role of our perspective of the situation kind of role rather than being the lead where the doctor follows. Um, mm-hmm. which I, I really quite liked. I liked 
Peter in this one, very much so. I have to say, though, I'll be glad when the sonic screwdriver gets trodden on by something big and nasty <laughs> and it takes Why? a couple of episodes for them to fix it. <laughs> it doesn't get used that much it in this one. It gets used in almost... It's not that it gets used much in this one, it's just it gets almost used in every story. Mm. Even when it doesn't necessarily have to be used. Think, it's been pretty light on that. I think, yeah. Is this the first time you've used psychic paper as well? Is it, um, the psychic paper was... Listen. Which was a nice return. The psychic paper I get, and that has a good... That that has a good excuse when you're talking 50-minute stories. You haven't got a whole episode to break someone out of jail. But this one, why not try manipulating some of that massive great keyboard you have in front of you rather than, oh, let's try and sonic the last <laughs> lock kind mm. of... You know what I mean? It, it's almost like it's become a bit of lazy yeah, writing. But it, 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 it just speeds up the, yeah, the even, even It's so, just even, McGuffin' this stuff, isn't it? So even if he did use the sonic for the... It didn't work. Yeah, It I didn't know. open no. the lock. Yeah. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. But again, it's an another one where it's time we do have a it's a different direction but we do have a time element in it, it is yes. yeah the entire thing comes and down I to time and i also wonder what's going to happen the the young lad who was the bank thief Sai. Sai is definitely coming back into it is he don't tell me that hmm. no I, I, not because i've seen anything but from this episode because if you notice towards the end of it the doctor makes the phone yeah. me mm, yeah. so he, he does but no but so obviously the doctor's given Sai his phone number yeah, and there are not that many people in the universe he gives the direct phone mm. number to, unless he knows they're going to need to have to call him. He may not have actually given him the phone number; it's just a general goodbye sort of. I, no, the mm. doctor I doesn't tend to do the the phone sign mm. as a general. But then he doesn't I mean, tend to hang around, have noodles. Chinese whatever with uh, people. <laughs> and be I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> can see his reaction, Dad. He yeah. wasn't very happy. I but, did like the character side because, yeah. um, as I say, he was a cybernetically enhanced um, you know, human, yeah, but not in the traditional traditional sense, like Cybermen or yeah. you know, yeah. things like that. Mm. Because literally, he was. A hacker, more, more yeah. of a Johnny Mnemonic um, style, style character. Yeah, like, so, yeah, jo- yeah. Johnny Mnemonic, and um, yeah, so to continue the um, you know, Bill Gibson uh, comparison, um, the character Case from um, the first um, cyberpunk novel that uh, yeah. William Gibson wrote, uh, Neuromancer. That's mm. it. Hmm. I mean, sort of literally, he could sort of jack into a system where he's using a port, you know, sort of yeah. built into his skull. Yeah. I did like the fact that the bank managers were all her clones. Yeah. I wasn't yes. too keen on how mm. she disposed of well, them, but this, I did like that. Again, this is what I'm going back to what I said the last one. You always have a creature and a monster. Sometimes the monster is the creature, yeah. sometimes the mm. monster is human. Yeah, yeah but she I mean, most definitely was a monster. Yeah, until the end. Mm. I mean, well, until the end, but I mean, I found the ending, I mean, sort of rather. Saccharine to say the least. What, See, let them run see, free. Seeing the teller and its mate walk in this or skipping off into the sunset. I, I just in thought, the buff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, I just thought, right, okay then. Well, how else do you end it? As I, I said, I've watched. Happy skipping off into the sunset. I was talking to the teller, I thought I was very impressed with it. The, it the, a, animatronics the animatronics. The animatronics, yeah. the creature itself. It was, was a three dimensionally fully formed creature yeah and it's sort of watching the the extras capaldi was saying it, he loved it because it's very difficult to gauge your reaction when it's a green green screen oh yeah, you can't see. yeah. there it was there all moving and talking and the look on his face mm. was genuine it was one of the more unusual creatures we've had for for a wee while i think for both the old series and the new series mm. um yeah it yeah. was interesting looking I liked the idea with it, you know... Soup. Mm. Yeah, soup. Yeah. 
Um, it was a, it was an interesting creature, and it was intelligent, but not necessarily vocal, which yeah. makes a change in some respects. Mm. Well, you saw from from the level of intelligence, it would probably be more telepathic rather than yeah, yeah. Presumably well, so it would yeah. talk naturally. I just thought it was more bovine than anything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big hoofy feet. I think we also need to do a, a small shout out to the criminal roster. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, okay, very brief. Very brief. Yes, mm. very carefully. Violent. Yeah, we had uh, Captain John Hart in there from Torchwood. Yeah. yeah. We had... Uh, the, the, the Dalek Ad- Killer? The, yeah, we had... Uh, yeah, we had uh, Ardravax and... Oh, God. We what? had the Trileptal tri- tri- um, thingy that set fire to London. Um, <laughs> oh, really? You had the Terileptal in there. You had a, yeah. a Sensorite. You had Ardravax. Oh, God, the blank face one from uh, Sarah Jane Adventures. Trickster. Uh, Trickster. Trickster. Thank you. We had the Trickster from the Sarah Jane Adventures. So it's across the range of Who stuff. And yep. we also had Absalom Dark who's so dangerous he could only be drawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously the they haven't strip. been able to actually pin him down to actually have a yeah. photograph yeah. of him. Yeah. He killed the person taking the photograph, yes. so they've had to ah. draw it from memory. That's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I quite liked that bit. Yeah, I liked the effort they went to to try to justify the fact he couldn't just arrive in TARDIS and do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. The yeah. He went to a lot of trouble. Mm, it doesn't quite sunshine. stack it's up. Quake. Yeah. But it, I, I like the effort of these. It's, it's, as you said, it's the fact that uh, he got access to the plant to drop the f- small cases off, yeah. but couldn't do the heists, so to No, speak. because of the uh, yeah. storm and stuff yeah. at that point. Yeah. But there's Just no reason I can it. see that he couldn't have taken Sire along, materialised there when he put the cases and waited for the storm, yeah. nip out TARDIS and then do it. Well, extent, Why it, go in, put the box down, then come back out and go back in? Well, we, we don't know what happened to the bank. I... It's you've got it was the, certainly appeared to be destroyed. Yeah, by that's it. You may not have had enough time to get out, get back in at that point in time. Well, also the theory yeah. is that even if they did that, yeah, they, the point at which they can actually rescue the, the the telepathic monster is the point at which the place is being destroyed. Yeah, if it's right that that stun storm stops the TARDIS from being able to get in and out accurately, it might mean that he wasn't sure that she'd be able to take off before she also got destroyed. TARDIS is meant to be indestructible. Yeah, but... I I, I, I I don't think it would be that... I, I, maybe damaged by sort of there was obviously some reason there that he wasn't willing to take the risk of having the TARDIS and the sunstorm in the same vicinity at the same point yeah, in time. Yeah, it's a bit tenuous. Particularly <laughs> given, where do they go? A ship in orbit? Wouldn't yeah. that also be uh, <laughs> in the path of the solar system? You have to be way out of the solar system. No, no, no. The ship was on the other side of the planet, so the planet acted as in the planet's shadow. It's yeah. okay, mm-hmm. okay. The night side of the planet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, did, I, I liked the characterisation of the bank manager. Delphox <laughs> or Carabraxus? Carabraxus, the most really, same yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah it, it was quite Kitty nice. And, and the other characters in yeah. it, they were all actually very, very good characters. The the lady who could change her shape and that Sof- kind of stuff. Sophia. 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 Sabra. 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 That was it. Something. Um, it was something. We give me that. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen it once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no. So apart from the, the pacing, I wasn't sure about the pacing and the fact that it was kind of like a. Duh, 
the doctor planted doom, didn't he? Kind of thing. Yeah. That, that wasn't a big reveal. By the time it's pretty obvious. To... As we yeah. heard we got in, the yeah, more obvious it was. By the time you got the second case. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I, I actually really enjoyed it. And I, I think I enjoyed it because it was about the doctor. Yeah. The doctor mm. was the lead role. I did like his... <laughs> and I liked his doctor. I liked his version of the yeah. doctor, especially the shut it, shut, shut up bit. He was yeah. starting to channel a certain well, former character. As, yeah. as, as, as he's always said, he has always played the doctor. Yeah. It's just yeah. to a various and less, more I, degrees. I would, I would like to see a little bit more of that side of the doctor. Yeah. The acerbic doctor, the doctor that's sort mm. of like. Were, were you chattling things? <laughs> this is yeah. the thing. It's, it's something Isn't that, that kind of like what the one we had in uh, Rob and Sherwood. It, it was something that you said during the Snowman, right? The, the Snowman, uh, yeah, the Snowman. The attitude that you get from certainly the Eleventh Doctor was right. it was mostly his subconscious was doing all the plotting and the planning. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. you had the surface level of the Doctor running around going flappity flappity flappity. Yep. This one, I think. The subconscious is back in the driving seat. Yeah, it's more. Right. Yeah, it's more directed, more forceful. You don't see this doctor running around. No, particularly. No. No. Tennant was a great runner. Yeah, every scene he pretty much he'd be trying to run. <laughs> uh, yeah. but this doctor not so yeah. much. As a, as I, this one, this one uh, number twelve, I fully believe that he could be the Doctor Victorious. That. He has so many rules because he may not be a good man. Mm-hmm. But this, I didn't believe it so much with Tennant. Definitely didn't believe it with uh, Smith. I really, I did really because, because of the subconscious thing. Uh, on no, the face no, of it. No, 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 no. What I mean is, it was because of the subconscious thing. Therefore, the doctor, the doctor, for want of a better word, is in the background and the personality is in the foreground. And I didn't believe that he would have so many rules that he. Mm. He, that that particular thing, I mean, but I do believe it with uh, Capaldi. Yeah. Mm. There is a conscious thought that he could at any moment go f- and do something devastating. Did point to there? Thank you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, my speech in there. <laughs> no, I mean, I think one of the overwhelming traits that is coming to the fore with uh, Capaldi's doctor, he can be very cold and very callous and indifferent yeah. to people's needs. It's like into the Dalek where they land in the protein pool and he just says, oh, he's the top player if you want to say a few yeah. words. I mean, it's just the way he just said it offhandedly. So someone's just got killed and yet he is totally indifferent to it. Mm. Who else thought the moment that uh, Sabre, wasn't it, who first committed suicide yeah. in the mm. who immediately thought, oh, next scene is going to be her waking up with... Yes, uh, yeah. yes. I expected them. Missy at that Missy, point. Missy, that's the one. Yeah, I didn't but expect of course, Missy. Having Did a nice you? cup of tea and a slice yeah. of cake. That's two yeah. episodes we've not had her. More, mm. maybe. It's been a while now. Well, no, and, and was it referenced in Listen? No, it wasn't. <gasps> he, he wasn't referenced in Listen No at Promised all. Land. Uh, like Promised that. Land was last referenced in Robot of Show. Yeah. 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 But, no, I, I was, yeah. When when she sort of like you know he's I can't help you and she zapped herself yes I was half waiting for her to wake up in yeah you know, absolutely a garden somewhere yeah, subverted nicely subverted yes mm-hmm. yeah but, uh, we got to see because obviously the doctor didn't know at that point he thought she really was committing suicide yeah well mm. it's, it's just that's it's, it's the same with Sai we thought he was uh, offing himself yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. People have a few people anyway have said that they were really impressed with those two characters. Oh Thought yes, they were potential material to be a, a gang in the future, a bit mm. like we have with the, the Paternoster. Mm. Paternoster, yeah. yeah, we could return to them in the future. I'm not quite so sure about that. I think they're 
good guest characters, and we have a lot of good guest characters. I don't yeah. think they particularly stand out for me. But I don't know. I think Sai would have actually made quite a good companion. Mm. Mm. Potentially. Mm. But yeah. yeah, mind you, I mean, it would be an interesting thought to have Sai and uh, Sabra yeah, as a futuristic counterpart to the Pathanosa gang. I mean, so the Doctor could have all these all groups of people who are willing to aid him, sort of dodge it through time. Mm. Uh, well, as we've already seen in A Good Man Goes to War, mm. and collecting... His yeah. gang. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this could be the first stage of something like that. Don't know. Possibly. Possibly yeah. they will be uh, used at the end to yep. combat Missy or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That's the thought, yeah. I think, where was the last story Keith was saying that it was plot-driven and it didn't stand alone? This one, I think, again, was still plot-driven. Obviously, we know the aims of it is to rescue yeah. these two creatures and all the rest of it. But it worked all the way through and it does stand alone. Yeah. I think this was more character-driven. It yeah. was plot-driven because of what one character did. Yes. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I really enjoyed this Yes, one. Yeah, mm. thumbs up. Back on form. Again, they're still a little niggly things, but I, I like the, the style of it. I yeah. like what they were trying to do with well, it. As I said, from opposite from the last one, I enjoyed it. I was entertained throughout of it. I, uh, it didn't seem like 40 minutes to me. Yes, that was enjoyable. Okay. That's that's all I ask for a, an episode to entertain me for about 40 minutes. Mm. Mm. I thought it was a reasonable episode, but sport by the sight of the teller and its mate <laughs> skipping <laughs> off into the sunset. That sticks in your craw, doesn't it? it? Just did tangent. you see the little tail, the little waggling tail on the back of the teller? <laughs> well, they, the tail. they didn't skip. <laughs> they, they lulled, but they Shuffled. didn't skip. Shuffled. It was a bovine yeah. version of skipping. Yeah. <laughs> And then, a little niggly thing again here, but uh, when, out of, no, out of the blue, Delphox captured the Doctor and Clara, yes, yes. had them brought to her office, Yes. why did she have the guards, who weren't actually guards, of course, yeah. uh, kill them, instead of the teller? Mm, well, mm. I know it suited the plot, because so the guards the, I'll, were I'll give, you, I'll give you that, it did suit the Perhaps because the teller had recently eaten? Maybe, maybe. Mm. Little things like that, and yeah. the fact that they had massive air vents, Amy could walk through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most pure that has, bank in the universe. That has been mentioned a couple of times. And so little security behind the scenes, and etc. Et there, there are many problems if you well, look at it is, from a heist point it's, of view. It's reputation. You have a reputation to maintain. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's obviously you had the very public display of the initial execution, the initial feasting. Yeah. It was yeah. A, as I said, it's a very mm. public display. But there yeah. again, I mean, sort of the victims of the teller, they were still alive. In sort of, oh, yeah. And sort yeah. of rather brain dead. It's, it's, as, I think it's <laughs> just, nice effect as well. The mm. head, oh, yeah. yeah. Head yeah. collapsing, yeah. I think as we've just recently found in the news, there's been someone who's been found with virtually no cerebellum. Yeah. So yeah, the, basically yeah. it was just all the forebrain was just reduced down to soup and it was just the the instinct the hindbrain that was left so last time last episode in listen we had uh, don't look yes don't turn around this one we don't think don't think yeah it's very (laughs) moffity isn't it it is it is again don't blink I was going to say it's a shame blink is the next one because we would have had listen look and then blink blink yeah on a general summing up I enjoyed this episode uh, it entertained me me too me too. Me too. Slightly subpar in terms of hustle, but I like mm. the fact they really tried hard. Yeah. And it yeah. worked. It did work. You could see what they were trying to do. Yeah. Passable. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're a grumpy bunch this week. <laughs> yeah, you do seem to be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dear listeners you've been writing to us 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you. Shut up, there's a lot of them in the Thanks. The next time you say it, you just say thank you recurring. But I got to greet them personally. Yes, you, you there. Yes, I'm saying thank you to you. Shut up. It's very hard to point a finger at someone on a podcast. But I found a way. I am channeling the fake Keith here. Message received. Right, let's kick off proceedings with one from Adrian. Hello, Hello, Adrian. He says, hi, team, and extra accessories. (laughs) Question. Does Capaldi showing up with coffee at the start of Into the Dalek meant he left Clara in Scotland when they were supposed to have coffee at the end of Deep Breath? Way to build confidence, Capaldi, Doctor. I don't know, because they went off together. How did they get separated? Yeah, I don't don't think they... No, I think it was, because I think she mentioned something about it right at the beginning. The fact that you left me, I had to get back from Scotland. No, she just said two weeks, how long does it take take to get a cup of coffee? Did mention something about Glasgow, but yeah, uh, I'm not yeah, entirely sure. I don't either. think so. Seems a bit weird, but anyway. Anyway, yes. Into the Dalek was all right, not great, but okay. Oh, yeah. But I think I need to watch Capaldi with subtitles. <laughs> <Hey>? <laughs> and I think he just out himself to the Daleks with the mind meld he did. What? Hey, what? <laughs> I don't what the, version you're watching. Yeah, <laughs> I get the subtitles, but I don't get yeah. the outing. <laughs> also, will that crazy Doctor try missionary work by preaching Doctor worship to the regular Daleks? <laughs> and yeah, yes. Robot of Sherwood was even worse than Curse of the Black Spot. Yay. Yeah, yeah, it was. I henceforth dub it Robot of Sherwood, Curse of the Golden Shaft. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Makes me want to cancel my season pass on Amazon Prime. Sigh. Be seeing you, Adrian. I meant, and did he just out himself to the Daleks with the mind meld he did? (laughs) Where's the robot? Oh, I see what you mean. Did they not know about him? Where's the robot, love? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I prefer Black Spot. (laughs) But um, I prefer Robot Assured over, not Power 3, the. Uh, Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. Yeah, that's only that Mm. one. No, I think um, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. Ah. Ah. But anyway. I love Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. (laughs) 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 If it's going to be silly, if it's going to be a Mm. silly story it has to be a silly story with, and that was a silly mm, story with dinosaurs <laughs> i mean that was one of the reasons why fake crumbly didn't like it because it re- reminded her of um primeval <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah as for the doctor doing the mind melting thing that was with rusty wasn't it that was yeah. with rusty yeah and rusty of course was on our side in inverted commas yeah so presumably he wouldn't have blabbed about the doctor yeah very nice right high team and Plastic pontoons. Hello, who's this from? This is Adrian. Again. 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 Okay. Lorna Bucket is in Star Wars. Yeah. She may have died in A Good Man Goes to War, but she is heavily rumoured to be in Episode 7. There's a a, a link here about Mm -hmm. our cast members. Okay. Which I think you'll put in the show notes. I will. Looks like, besides the Doctor, she has been in Whitechapel and 24 Among Others. Also, Uh another link to her IMBD page. Yeah, okay. She's also, she would be the first Asian actor in Star Wars live action since Return of the Jedi. There were a few Asian voiced actors in the Clone Wars, but no actual characters, I think. Brackets, I could be wrong. 
close brackets. Mm. Mm. The first was a Y-wing pilot, Lieutenant Telshji, <laughs> who was said, there's too many of them in Return of the Jedi. Another link there. Yep, okay. And his quote with the YouTube, YouTube link and his death scene under the wrong name. Uh, <laughs> okay. Another YouTube link. Be seeing you, Adrian. Thanks, yeah. Adrian. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have one here from Ian Kirk. Hello, Hello Ian. Ian. You mentioned in your last podcast that the Doctor picking up Johnny Blue in his TARDIS is similar to the way that the dead Gretchen meets Missy. Mm-hmm. There is another Jenny. similarity. Journey finds the Doctor holding two cups of coffee and Gretchen finds Missy about to pour tea. This True. email is short and sweet, like Clara. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Clara's a bit of a handful to me, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure there's any I particular. Think that, I think that might just be a, a coincidence. Yeah, there's definitely a coffee agenda though. Oh yes, yes. It tended to be tea in the past, but now it's, it's suddenly turned to coffee. Yeah. I don't know why. Yes, but I'm sure the doctor wouldn't touch the stuff. He seems to, but uh... it's only because Clara wanted a cup of coffee. Yes. Must be, must be. Yeah. Okay, we got one here from Dino. Hello, Hello Dino. Dino. This is a new chap to us, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Ooh. Good day, staggering stories. I'm a regular listener, but this will be my first bit of feedback. Oh, you have a great show. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Enjoy the comments of everyone and enjoy the banter between the group. <laughs> also, you get through my day at work. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you probably won't enjoy this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you <it> will. <laughs> Love the reactions, the head of Pertwee. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's where he goes. Yep. Laugh myself silly. Hello, head of Pertwee. <gasps> oh. oh! Hello, Hello head, head of, of Pertwee. Pertwee. Yep. We haven't neglected him a bit there. Yes. yes. Yeah. And various plastic minions. Mm-hmm. There's far too many to recount these days. Oh, no. He's looking a bit down, actually. Uh, 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 maybe he's ill, too. He's got the lurgy. He's got no bottom really to fall out of. Oh, <laughs> and he's streaming out of the nose. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it could be, uh, yeah. No. Uh, back to Dino. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm enjoying Peter Capaldi's version of the Doctor off yes. to a great start. Yes. Cannot figure out what he will do in any situation. Mm. Stephen Moffat will break our hearts again with Clara and Danny this time, guessing. <laughs> I like how Stephen Moffat is filling in the gaps of the Doctor's life. No. Mm, no. Bit by bit. No. no. We do not have to worry that this will lead to his story being told. Too smart for that. He will always leave questions unanswered and some mystery. I'm not no, sure. I don't think he will. B.S. <laughs> I love Doctor Who. Late starter, but it does not stop me. Good. Yeah. Like new series more than classic, but it does not matter. This is all better than anything else. <laughs> yeah. I thought I would share my weekend with you or the parts that will be of interest. Oz Comic Gone. Oh. It's where this all happened. I was able to get near the front for William Shatner seminar. Ooh. Oh, I'm so sorry. He was entertaining. So, so sorry. Would have liked more talk about Star Trek, but there was enough. Getting a photo with him was so awesome. <laughs> Mark Shepard, who was also there, and his seminar was the best of the con. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen him on stage. He's, he's really good. He's a very good speaker. He was going everywhere and talking to everyone. Yeah. Sometimes even if you did not want. <laughs> <laughs> he also was giving it to anyone. Pardon? Well, <laughs> a stupid question. Oh, yep. Such a wide fan base at this questions about anything. Mark says Matt Smith is his doctor and says Peter's doing great. Grew up with John Pertwee, but thinks Matt was an extra special doctor. His words, and it was music to my ears. <laughs> so you don't like the minimalist magician look? <laughs> 
Sorry, patrician. Magician. It came off a bit patrician rather yeah. than magician. I heard that differently, dear. Anyway, I was really happy that Warehouse 13 stars Eddie McClintock and Joanne Kelly were also in attendance, Ooh. being a big fan. Yay! Yep. It's a great show, and those two just have a natural banter that they explained was just there from the start. Yep. Hence some landing the parts. Shame the series is being pulled. Mm. Uh, Siffy for you. Yep. Also, I went to see Colin Ferguson from Eureka. Oh! What a great guy. <laughs> he was entertaining and funny. Jason Momoa? Momoa. Was crazy in his seminar and through the whole weekend. Big man. Big fun. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many other stars from other shows I did not see due to time or lack of interest from me. Being a mixed convention, it led to a lot of cool cosplay. Yeah. If you do not know what or who they are. <laughs> you can just look. Yeah. It happened at Gallifrey, actually. Yeah. Not the ones who are that meant to be. It meant to be Doctor Who clearly, but... Anyway... That was my cool weekend. Hope I did not bore you. Till next time, all the best, Dino. Thank, Thank you, Dino. Dino. Yeah. Sounds like the comic cons are fun wherever you are yeah, in oh the God, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good guest list. Yes. Yeah, it is, yeah. I think sometimes it's actually, whilst it's nice to go to just a Doctor Who convention or just a Star Trek, it is sometimes nice to have a mixed bag Bold, because yeah. a lot of people, I like Warehouse 13. Yeah. yeah. I like Do I actually just see the guests from different um, shows all in one place? Yeah, there aren't many really which do multi. No. Even back really. in the heyday of fan conventions, there were few and far Galacticon was about the only one. Yeah. Maybe Eastercon, but. Yeah. Anybody else? Greetings, Staggers! Hello! Hello! Is from Catherine or Dragonmaker? Hello, Hello Catherine! Catherine or Dragonmaker! Dragon Greetings, Head of Pertwee and Assorted Critters and or Decorations! <laughs> Covering all the bases there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, to be, just to make sure. Yeah. I'm having difficulty keeping current with you lovely funny podcast as I am busy with my own time travel adventures. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. should be no problem there, shouldn't it? <laughs> but wanted to drop you a line to let you know how much I continue to enjoy listening when I can. Thank you. Can you let us know how we do in the future? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm saying I'm having difficulties. Truth to tell, I'm hoarding them. Mm. Each episode is a treat and I don't want to run through them too fast and have to wait for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, I'm spending my weekends in the past at the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Ah, oh, okay. And my weeks busily making dragons to sell on said weekends. <laughs> okay. This past week, I caught up with the commentaries for Series 3, three-part final, so I have a few Go more on. to enjoy before I run out of new episodes. <laughs> yeah. Internet access is spotty in the 16th century, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I, I shall make do with what's available, coffee shops and friends' houses. <laughs> so, just a short note to thank you all for laughs and for keeping the blue light shining for me during the gaps between Christmas and the return of Doctor Who to the small stroke and large screen. Mm. Catherine stroke dragon maker. Mm. You can see some of my creations here, and she's given an SD website for her SD shop. shop. Okay, SD shop. This is to be quite a few Renaissance um, festivals in America. Another one of our listeners, Naya. Hello, Hello, Naya. Naya. Hello, Naya. Um, apart from being an absolute fan of Sherlock Holmes, um, yeah. also does quite a few Renaissance festivals. Sends Facebook yeah. some lovely pictures. They seem to be quite a popular thing mm. in America. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get them mm. here, really, do you? No, no. not really. Well, for the benefit benefit of the uninitiated, what are Renaissance? festivals well you do get one or two over here i think they do one up at nottingham we tend to in this country do more you'll have an, an anglo-saxon weekend yeah. or a mm. viking weekend it's it's, it's, it's basically it's a weekend of people reenacting a point yeah. in ah. in time 
usually medieval medieval-ish kind yeah. of thing. Mm. Um, so people will go along in costumes mm. and mm. they they reenact the mm. handcrafts of the day and that kind of stuff. Mm. So they're like reenactment weekends. Yeah. Mm. Reenactment weekends. Mm. Like conventions, yeah. really, yeah. as well. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I I would love to go one, but I have this horrifying feeling that I'll be scanning everything with a sonic screwdriver. So nope, that's all anachronistic. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah, Lincoln Green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they tend to be set anywhere really from the Middle Ages up till probably Pride and Prejudice era yeah. kind of style. And zombies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. that, that kind I of. You can go as a zombie now. <laughs> <laughs> Late 18th, early 19th yeah. century. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. a little bit more. I think 17th. 17th, I think. Yeah. But they look quite good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. A bit gone with the wind. Aye. Mm. I think it's a nicer version of the sealed knot without all the screaming, the shouting, and the heavy yeah. men on mass. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of bodices, that sort of thing, eh? Yep. Yes. Oh. <laughs> the sealed knot meets steampunk. Yeah, <laughs> blimey. <laughs> right, I think that is it for feedback, apart from a bit of audio feedback. Ooh. Ooh. Fear no Draken. Fear, oh, mm. FYR. You have to send us your name phonetically if we've got it wrong. <laughs> we surely have. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Jennifer from Texas. I haven't ah. been on hiatus. I've been listening to the shows. I just haven't had anything to say while you were discussing things that I haven't seen for years. Uh, uh, before I forget, uh, congratulations to Asda Man for coming through surgery successfully, and I hope you're uh, out of the hospital and feeling much better by now. He's now dead. Uh, <laughs> that, that being said, uh, wanted to talk about the, uh, the, the the first Who episode. Very, very happy with uh, Capaldi. Love the attack eyebrows and that. I, I love oh, yeah. the bit where he was... Especially the The, the uh, scenes discussing his face, kind of lampshade hanging a little bit that, you know, he's been on Who before, uh, considering that so many of the fans of the new series don't remember uh, Colin Baker having been on a uh, previous episode before he became the Doctor and don't remember Romana trying on different faces before she settled on one for her second regeneration. I mean, we've had a couple of companions who were on there for an episode before they uh, were cast. Gwen on Torchwood and and Martha Jones, they've both been on a single episode, but at least the show kind of explain that away a little bit by making uh, Gwen be uh, an ancestress of herself and uh, yeah. Martha's cousin having been the one killed <laughs> in the Battle of Canary Wharf. Yep. Uh, but yeah. So it, it was kind of nice uh, to pay a little bit of, so, sort of allude a little bit to the fact that uh, we have had uh, Capaldi on Doctor Who and on Torchwood before. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I loved the entrance. I loved the bit with the dinosaur. I loved that there was no plot reason for there to be a dinosaur, that (laughs) it wasn't connected to the alien invasion of the week, that there wasn't some thin rationale for having brought a dinosaur to uh, Victorian London. It was just an accident. The doctor (laughs) messed up. Oops, oh well. I I, I loved seeing him careening around in a regeneration crisis. It was much more fun than having him up and and functional the way uh, uh, Matt Smith was on the 11th hour definitely uh and and better <laughs> having him running around causing chaos and sleeping through it like uh <laughs> tin in the christmas invasion yeah, mm. yeah. agreed that I, I was not impressed with them making clara of all companions be uh upset with this particular regeneration given how many versions of the doctor she'd seen yeah, yeah. I, I guess yeah that is uh, definitely something for the uh, younger fans rather than the people familiar with the old school yeah, yeah. and uh n- not 
overly, uh, I think it was kind of a, a, not a cheap shot exactly, but I didn't really like having uh, the, the phone call to uh, the 11th Doctor. It didn't really feel the need to, to see Matt <laughs> Smith one more time on the, on the show. I mean, he's, unless it was, you know, a, a, a crossover episode years in the future, some special anniversary thing but uh aside from those quibbles i i enjoyed it very much and i'm not going to talk about the uh, dalek episode yet because you haven't gotten to it on the show although i have already seen that one uh didn't like it quite as much as the very first one but i'm very mm. looking forward to uh 12's run as the doctor oh yeah i have to say i love the <laughs> accent because that's my nephew's accent but <laughs> can we also find out who the other contributor with yes. was because someone sounded a <laughs> little bit unhappy that Mumsy was doing something and not fussing there. I think, <laughs> I think somebody wanted to be let out. Meow, <laughs> meow, <laughs> let me out, Mum, Mum, Mum. Feed me. Feed me, Mum. <laughs> lovely to hear from you. Yes, yes, thank you, yeah, yeah. Quite a long time ago, it feels like now, uh, deep breath and into yes. the Dalek. About halfway through the season already. Virtually, mm. yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, goes quickly. Oh, that it does. Right, is that it? I think, I think we are. That is it. We're we'll back, back until next time. Mm-hmm. Right, out we go. Oh, bye. Bye. That was bye. quick. <laughs> <laughs> and so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Aww. Aww. But never fear, in the next one, there'll be more of the same. More fun, frivolity, and jollity. More news and reviews. More who old and new. So happier in general. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, there'll be more of us as well. Yes. Yes. So, dear listeners, until that cataclysmic combo of cacophony and conurbations. (laughs) They could have been worse. (laughs) (laughs) Come. comes cascading down upon us all. This is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Goodbye. Au revoir. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 194, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Gene Riddler, and Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the sites. No copyright infringement is intended, and this is an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. One, two, three, three, two, one. Listen is pants. <laughs> Why is it moments? But uh, uh, well, I'm sure that will soon pick up mm-hmm. when I get to my full. That's the trouble. It, it's annoying. It is annoying because I had a full lis- hard on listen rant to, to cover the whole two hours. But now that's going to have to be reduced down. Are you ready now? <laughs> Some, something for the trailers at the end, for the extras at the end. <laughs> Save it for the end. <laughs> that was it. That was my one cough. <laughs> Are you ready? Mm. Yep. Right, could I have a nice big chorus of cough sneezes hack? The hack's away today, I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the new advert for IKEA? No. A few companies are doing this. You know how Apple was so kind of like, this is an amazing Apple tablet. Mm. They've done the whole book, like, 
This is a totally interactive book. It comes in full colour, high definition mm. images. <laughs> it's easy to share. Mm. <laughs> and the whole thing is done like an mm. Apple advert, but for a book. <laughs> and it even says, in the case of a power cut, it has a backup itself. Time Well, we could have a quick game. Or I spy with my little eye something beginning with F. Floor. Correct, your turn. I spy with my little eye something beginning with F. Oh, floor. Correct. <laughs> Just one all the way around. If I do a little apology in between about us not doing anything. Blame, blame Scott. Because yes. Scott was the one who asked it to be moved to Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't turn up. And then he doesn't turn up. <laughs>